Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. This is where we begin to connect with that, and we're in a series called Before the Door, because all of our everyday starts on the other side of a door, whether it's your bedroom door, your apartment door, your house door. You start on the other side of a door. You go through a daily process of, of, of getting your day going, and then you, at some point, cross the threshold, and you're out in the wild, wild world uh, and, and hoping to, for, for life to go a certain direction and life to, to be, have a certain impact. And we're seeing that what it, what, how we can adjust our lives, how we can give God some of those early minutes in our day so that those moments before the door can transform the rest of our day. And we've looked at this concept that life on the other side of your door is impacted by what you do before you walk through it. We just keep coming back to that truth. And, and I hope that that gets down deep on the inside of us as we, as we track through this today. And, and the importance of it, the weight of it, uh, we keep coming back to, to Zechariah 4.10 to not, de- to not despise the small beginnings we can so easily find ourselves not really seeing the worth, not seeing the weight of those little moments, not recognizing that those little moments can turn into some pretty significant things. It says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And again, the Zerubbabel is this, this guy who was in part of rebuilding of Jerusalem after the destruction of of, of the, the, the city of Jerusalem. And here are these beginnings, this just even just set in the plumb line, just the very beginnings of things. Man, God rejoices. And we can sometimes find ourselves despising these little things that have a really big impact. So we want to really come back to that. And as we look at today's concept, we've looked at at gratitude last week, we've, we've talked about the concepts of, of prayer and spending time in the Word. And, and today we're going to talk about the concept of worship, which we just got out of worship. Um, but this is one of those rare things. In our culture, we don't spend a whole lot of time. You don't go to necessarily a whole lot of other events where there is some music and everybody stands up and everybody sings along. Yes, you go to, if somebody was to go to a Garth Brooks concert, you know, and everybody sings Friends in Low Places, and everybody knows the words, and all of those different things, but there is, there's not very many moments where we are collectively singing together, and it can be, it can be odd. And so if you're new to this thing, if you're new to this life in Christ, you're new to this church life, um, then sometimes this this. This moment um, before church starts can feel awkward to you. And, and um, you know, we've even tried to make that easy on our team. Back when we were at the movie theater, um, we want to be able to connect with people who maybe are disconnected from God. And worship is the most awkward part. If you're not a Christ follower, um, if you're new and just checking this thing out, you're humoring somebody, a friend of yours, say, hey, come to, the, come to church with me. Um, this, the worship part was weird for you. Um, it was meaningful for us, but it was odd for you. And we get that. We understand that. In fact, back at the movie theater, I told our worship leader, I was like, you know, people are going to come in, and they're going to watch worship, um, and it's okay. 
And so that they're going to get their donut and they're going to get their coffee and they're going to sit in those movie theater seats. And you're there going to eat their donut and you're going to be worshiping and they're going to be watching. And it's all right because it's different. Everybody has to be able to ramp up on this deal. But for us who are, who are walking with God and pursuing God and have a relationship with God, worship has to be something that's growing and expressive and it should not be something that's relegated to 18 to 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. It ought to be something that's a daily part of our lives, and, and we need to see how important it is. <clears throat> and, um, but first off, we've got to frame it, because a lot of times, because it is a foreign concept in our culture, we can have a hard time recognizing why we need to do this. And first off, let's just look at this concept. You've got your, your notes there, that we, <clears throat> we give our, our time, money, and energy to what we think is worthy of those things. This week, you're going to give your time, your money, and your energy to what you think is worthy of it. You, you, you care about your family, and so you invest your time, your money, and your energy into it. You care about your, your job and your career or the business that you own or the business that you work for, and you invest your time and your energy. If you're a business owner, you invest your resources and your money into something that you think is, is worth it. And something you think is, is worth doing. Your, your hobbies, all of these different things, you invest your time, your money, and your energy into something that's worth it. You feel like it has, it has worth. It, you feel like it has value. This concept of worship is where we, is where we, we disconnect sometimes because we, we hold this aside for some sort of deity or some sort of God. But we do this all the time. And all worship is, is this concept of worth-ship. That there's something that has worth, and so we, we, we now begin to, to, to offer worth and, and be on purpose about that with that thing. That we have, it's just worth-ship. And that is where we get this concept of worship. And we do that with our lives. You're doing it. You're worshiping whether you recognize it or not. You are giving your time, your energy, your resources, your thoughts, whether... You know it or not, you are worshiping something. Maybe, maybe you're worshiping yourself. Maybe you put the bulk of your time, your energy, and your resources and things into yourself. Maybe it's another person. Maybe it's a spouse or, or, or maybe it's your, your kids and you put all of your time, your money, and your energy into it. And if we, if we were to dissect it, it becomes our, our children and, and so many times. But here's the problem is we, we can find ourselves spinning our wheels because we end up putting a lot of time, energy, and attention into something we think is worth it, and then it's, and then it's not, and then it's, and then it's devastating, and then it, it falls down on us. We, we feel disappointed. I've been doing this ministry thing for quite a while. This next month, Cutie and I celebrate 25 years in ministry, and so we've been doing this for a little while, and so, and, uh, and so, and yeah, we started when we were 12. You know, that's, we, we look so young. So young, it's gray in my beard doesn't reflect my age at all. And um, anyways, and so uh, we did, did youth ministry for eight and a half years. And with youth ministry, you get to have a lot of fun and, and, and do a lot of stuff. And we were having a, a big day. We were going to have this big day. And we were trying to bring in a bunch of teenagers and have a clear presentation of who Jesus is and what he's done. So people could, young people could step over from death to life and place their faith in him. And, and I had this grand idea where we were at. at Planet X, there's some of you that were part of that 
back in the day. And so we were at Planet X, and I decided we were going to have a zip line that went from the foyer to the stage. And I, part of this thing is I needed um, Dan Westland. Uh, y'all, you know, some of my crew remembers good old Dan Westland. I needed him to dress up as a, as a uh, superhero. Well, Dan is a six foot seven, really skinny guy, and I made this homemade looking Superman deal. So he was kind of the anti superhero. And I was going to have him fly in over all the teenagers' heads and land on the stage and part of this thing. And, and so I created this harness system, and I didn't want the wires to be seen. So I went to Lowe's, and, and I saw that they had the aircraft cable there and bought all of the, the harnesses and the cables and all that stuff, and, and that the aircraft cable was, weight, was rated at 85 pounds. The skinny one was weighted at 85 pounds. So I got two of them. And, and so Dan Westland weighed about 165 pounds, 180, he was a skinny guy. And so, and I'm like, you know what, this is going to work. This is going to, this is going to work. And so I get him up in the harness and he's on top of the, we're doing a run through, we're doing a practice and he's on top of the foyer and he's supposed to jump out of, off the foyer and Superman out over the crowd and, um, well, he didn't have a lot of confidence in my rig, and uh, so he, 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 he goes out, but he doesn't really lay out there, and he ends up in this little bird's nest ball thing in the middle of the thing. Just everything stops, and his knees and his shoulders are all crumped up. I had to get his ladder to come and lift him up. He's just stuck in the middle in the air, and, and I was like, Dan, Dan, you're, you're just not doing it right. I was like, here, let me show you how to do it. I weighed more than Dan. <laughs> and I was going to like, Dan, this is how it's done. So I put the gear on. I put the stuff. And I was like, and I got up there. I was like, man, this is awkward. So I got a speaker on top of the foyer, and I'm going to stand on the speaker. And I'm like, this is how it's done. And, man, I jumped. Um, if anybody remembers uh, physics and momentum and what that does to weight and all those different things, man, my jump, it was nice. It was a good jump. Um, but I didn't do my calculations very good. And all of a sudden, I'm laid out there, and I've put all my weight, all my trust on this thing that was never, ever, ever designed. They stamped it on there. It was, it was not going to work. But sure enough, I lay out there, and I'm out there for just a second. And then all my weight hits it, and that aircraft cable snaps. And I swing like a pendulum. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at that concrete floor, and then I come up, that's this, now I'm looking at the ceiling, and then one around my knees snaps, and I just come down, bam, drop from about eight feet flat, land on the, knocks the wind out of me. Dan was over there, and he thought I died. He was like, oh my gosh, cutie, cutie and his wife were out running some errands. As soon as I caught my breath, I was like, don't tell cutie, don't tell her. And so I pulled myself up. We had a bunch of old ratty couches that we used for seats. And I pulled myself up into one of those couches. And I sat there. And Cutie walks in about 30 minutes later. And she's like, what, what happened? And I don't know. I guess I wasn't faking it very good. I'm good, babe. And, uh, but, man, I sit there. And it, it, was, it was a catastrophe. It was a catastrophe. And thankfully, it didn't happen to Dan. Thankfully, he wasn't the one splayed out there. I, I'm the one... 
that, that, that took the lumps for my own stupidity on that. But I sat there and I, I placed all this, all this trust, all this, this weight. In fact, the, the word glory means weight. And we begin to glorify something. We begin to say that it can, it's worth weight. It has weight. It's all these things. And, and so many times with this worship, we can be reserved because we've been burnt a few times on placing our weight and placing our trust and thinking something's worthy and it's not. And it fails us and we end up looking foolish or we end up look, being hurt in the process. And we can begin to be reserved about stepping into that. But... <clears throat> Worship is about us reminding ourselves that God is worthy of us placing our full trust in him. God is worthy. He is worthy. Despite that there's some other things, the places we've been hurt, some things we've been disappointed, some bad decisions we've made for ourselves, trusting God is the best decision we can ever make. The writer of Hebrews says, and the way the message translation puts this is, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 says, Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship. Deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He's, he's here. He's in the middle. He's with us. We've, he's brought us into this incredible kingdom. We ought to be brimming with worship. We ought to be brimming with it. Worship is about our recognition that God is the, is the source of life. And he's worthy. He's worthy of our thanks and our praise and our devotion. So many times we can read the scriptures and we feel like, if we feel like God is this, this bully. That we see these places where the scriptures remind us to worship. That it feels sometimes if God's this bully, he's the, he's the, the older brother Who's got you down and saying, say I'm the greatest, say I'm the greatest. And, and that's not what it is at all. I used to pick on the kids when they were little and I'd, I'd be tickling them. And they'd be tickling like, dad, stop. I'd say, say daddy's cuter than mama. And so, <laughs> which of course isn't, tr isn't true. And they're like, no. And so, they're having the, and so they get some more tickles still. They say daddy's cuter than mama. And, uh, and so the... Uh, but that is, that's not the way that God is operating in our lives in any shape, form, or fashion. This worship isn't something that's for God. This is something that's for us. This is something for us to remember that we have an unshakable kingdom, that we have a God who is here and present, that we have a, a God who's done something for us and on our behalf. Romans eleven thirty six 36 says, For from him and through him and to him are all things, and to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our worship, it is an arm twisting. That's not what this is. But it should be intentional. It should be intentional on our part. See, James chapter 1 says, don't be deceived. Remember, it's, we, there's this place where we can begin to not see clear. It says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift it's from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That God, God is constant. He's here. He's worthy. And so many times we can be deceived and, and, and forget that God is the source of life, that he's the giver of life. And, and we begin to, to, to get off. 
See, true worship, it isn't automatic. We think worship should be this thing, this spontaneous thing that just begins to erupt out of us. So we get to go to play, play off a high school um, basketball game on the playoffs. And, and so, and of course, the, you know, the crowd is there and, you know, and, um, you know, the, uh, all of a sudden somebody makes a, a great steal and takes it in for a layup and nobody has to say, um, hey, this is a great opportunity to cheer. Nobody has to say that. Just the stands, yes, they scream, you know. Um, you know, the ref makes a, a questionable call, and nobody has to say this is an opportunity to give uh, the ref a hard time. And so uh, it just naturally happens. And so um, we tend to think that this worship ought to be something that just kind of just kind of comes bubbling out. And, you know, and if it doesn't, if it's not natural, then somehow, somehow it's forced and somehow it's fake. And it's just not that true at all. It's, it's not always automatic. It's not always something that just comes well out of us. There will be those times that it's the case. But for us, we need to remember. And we need to remember in times when we're having a hard time remembering. We need to remember, the times we need to remember the most is when we're, it's not just flooding our minds. Let's go ahead and let's look at Luke chapter 17. And here in Luke 17, it says, as he, it was Jesus. Jesus is the he. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance. They were not allowed to come close. Leprosy was contagious, and they were not allowed to come close. So these guys who were already infected, so this group of people who were, had the same sickness, they shared the same predicament. They shared the same issue. They tended to rally together. And so... Here they were, they were all this, this, this crew of people who had leprosy, and they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Go show yourselves to the priest. He didn't say you're healed. He didn't say you're, I, 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 I give you what you ask. He just simply gives them something to go do. He says, go show yourselves to the priest. It says, and as they went, they were cleansed. little side note in this, a lot of times our answer to prayer is on the other side of a moment of obedience. So many times we want the answer and then we want to, to go, okay, God, I'll trust you and I'll take the step. I want to see how this is going to work out, and then I'll do it. And so many times our breakthrough, so many times what we need is on the other side of simply doing what he's asked us to do. And if we'll just do what he's asked us to do, then all of a sudden we'll see, man, the cleansing comes, the healing comes, the breakthrough comes. All of those different things comes if we'll simply trust him enough to do what he's asked us to do. This request was a silly request because they, they in the Jewish culture, for you to be able to enter society again, you had to show yourself to the priest, and the priest deemed you clean. Well, they had to go take, make that appointment with the priest when they're sitting there and they have leprosy. So that moment is they're going, okay, we're going to go show ourselves and show that we're clean. Uh, nope. Yeah, Louie, your nose is still missing. Sorry, buddy. Oh, three finger. Hey, buddy, let's, let's head this direction. And so they sit there and they begin, to, they begin to head out. And as they're on the way, as they're on their way, 
They get cleansed. Verse 15 says, one of them, remember there was 10. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. He was one of these guys who normally they wouldn't hang out with, but in the middle of their brokenness, they didn't care about their background. All of a sudden, they were just rallied around their brokenness. So here's a guy who's not even a Hebrew, not even a Jew. And Jesus asked him, he says, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith. Has made you well. All of them were healed. All of them were cleaned. All of them were good. All of them had their life restored back to them. But only one came back to give praise and thanks to God. Only one of them did. Only one. We would think that something like that it would be automatic for us. Folks, this was one in ten. This was ten percent. So many times, how many times does that happen in our life that there's something we really desire, something we really want? Man, there's, things begin to go. We have a great day. We have a great week. We don't find our moment. We don't have our moment of giving worship and giving thanks to God. See, the recognition of the kindness that comes from God leads us to Him. Worship is something that leads us to God. Romans 2.4 says, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance? Not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance. Here in it, right here in, in today's message, we've already looked at three places. There with... There with uh, Zechariah, that we can easily despise these beginnings. We can despise something God's at work in. We can be deceived and not recognize that good gifts come from God. And here we find ourselves that we can show contempt for his kindness. Folks, our natural tent, our natural uh, sway is not to give God glory and to give him thanks. But just to take the good that comes, like that's just the way things should be. To gripe about the bad and to push God out. Worship helps us to remember that we're thankful for the little small things. We're not going to despise them. We recognize every good and perfect gift comes from him. And we recognize his kindness at work in our lives. It leads us towards repentance. Repentance is to change the way we view things. God's kindness changes the way we view things. Romans 14, 11 says, It's written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess to God. Everyone will. Everyone will. In fact, <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2 says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth, on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
When I was, I was a, a younger, more immature believer, you see about Jesus as king. See that Jesus is might. And you see this place that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And I had the wrong mentality of this, that at the end of the age, when everyone comes before him, that there will be this place that, okay, you didn't, you didn't honor me in life. And so now, my, my mighty, strong hand, you will bow and you will confess. And that's not God at all. That's not our Heavenly Father at all. That's not Jesus at all. I am convinced that this is what happens. I am convinced that every knee bows and every tongue confesses because every one of us will come before the God who sent his son, the son who loved us so much that he laid down his life, the one who went to the cross and said, forgive them, they don't know what we're doing. And they would have said in that moment, we know what we're doing, kill him, kill him. And he's like, they don't know what they're doing. And they're gonna, we're all going to look into the face of love. The first time we've ever been fully loved and fully known and fully aware and we will be overwhelmed with the love of God and we will say, Jesus is Lord. Our knees will bow before perfect love. Our knees won't be able to handle being a kind of love and we will just declare it because God loves us. Folks, folks, if we will get a hold of his kindness and his goodness, we can enjoy that now. We can enjoy it here. We can step into it here and now. Folks, we were created to know God, to truly knowing Him. Truly knowing His goodness and His love will produce a response of worship. Folks, when, when something tastes good, we say it's tasty. Something has a lot of juice, we say it's juicy. Something has a lot of crunch, we say it's crunchy. Our Jesus... He has a lot of worth. And it's natural to say he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Folks, our bottom line, our bottom line is our God is worthy. Our God is worthy. If we can begin every day with an awareness that our God is worthy, Taking some moments to just open our mouths and decree that he's worthy. It'll change everything. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.